Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Perspective Transformation. This is Marnie Swedberg. I am your host, and today's guests are going to be helping you better rock the 20% of the 80-20 rule. Today's guests are Kim Chafin, hailing from Washington, Alice Pongras from California, Kelly Stigliano from Florida, and Jean Abbott from Minnesota. Buckle up, and let's find out what these ladies have learned about walking with Jesus through everyday life. Right now, help me welcome Kim Chafin. God is an all-you-can-eat buffet. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, his buffet mm. is open. Mm. No calories when you dig in, and whatever <laughs> you need, you can serve it up every day. If you need a double mm. helping of grace one day, he'll give it to you. If you need strength on another day, you just mm. step right up to the buffet and you grab whatever you need. That is a really cool way to think about it. You know, I think about like going to a buffet and sometimes you're hungry for one thing or another, you know, it's like not the same every time. Um, and that's really how it is with our walk with Christ. Yep. It's really different and it's really awesome that we can just have as much as we need. <laughs> and there's no calories either. How Yay! awesome is that? <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Another thing I, I think about when I just, it's such a great analogy. Uh, there's a lot of depth to it. And I was thinking about how beautiful some of the buffet food is laid out so beautiful. Like the fruit, uh, the fruit buffet is just colorful and, you know, bursting Mm -hmm. uh, with color and with God too. A lot of things that he offers us are so beautiful. They're just, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to look at. (laughs) I love that. I love that. There is lots of game left. Okay, there's lots of game left. Have you ever watched a basketball game and you might be down to 60 seconds left in the game and your team Mm -hmm. is down? Well, I I hear my husband say it all the time. There's lots of game left. And while praying, God reminded me of that. When you feel like like Mm. everything kind of closing in around you in 60 seconds in a basketball game, if a lot can happen, then holy cow, a lot can happen with God in 60 seconds or whatever God's timing is. And you can trust. I remember one time years ago, probably 20 years ago, I was feeling so disappointed because God was taking such a long time answering my prayers. And and I felt like, you know, this is just never going to happen. And I remember a friend told me something real similar to that. She said, you know, you're only like on chapter 10 or something. It's a long book. And just this concept that, you know, just relax. There's time. God's got it. The schedule's not done being run yet that is so cool so when when was the recent time you actually applied that to your life actually i just wrote something for the whatever girls ministry i'm a contributor for their website okay. and so it's going to be coming out very soon i just recently <laughs> turned that in and then i used it at a speaking event last weekend so mm. um mm. it's been one of those ones really in the forefront of my mind lately so yeah, and it's just real memorable, you know, lots of game left. I Yeah, I, I think of especially, especially football. Man, that last 60 seconds, 90 seconds can go on forever. We are perfectly imperfect. Ah, we are perfectly imperfect. If you think about it, if we were perfect, we would not need Jesus. But I see that through Jesus, because of his perfection, we are perfectly imperfect in him. Mm-hmm. Our imperfection that he is more glorified because we realize how much we need him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as a matter of fact, that's funny. I just made a video of that this morning for to send out for something else. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, perfectly imperfect. And I think that there's just a lot of uh, the grace comes through on that one a lot. I would say mm-hmm. I, can, I can live without a lot of things, but I can't live without grace. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the grace mm-hmm. that allows us perfectly imperfect yeah. because he is perfect. God mm-hmm. is in the mundane. God is in the most mundane things like a pile of laundry. 
I uh, was ironing one day and I had a sour attitude about that. And God just showed up and said, you know what? You have a roof over your head. You have a husband that has a job that allows you to stay home. And my sour attitude was turned around and I prayed for my husband as I ironed his shirts. And I've learned that God is in the Monday. We just need to open our eyes to see him. He's there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There, I tell a story when I'm speaking. I have a story about the one day that I was uh, going out to pick the beans for Dave, and I hate gardening. I hate gardening. Uh, but Dave's a great gardener. And so he had asked me before he went to work, would you pick the beans today? And I was hoping I was too busy, but then there was just the perfect time that I had to go out and pick the beans, you know? Yeah. So I grabbed my bucket and my bad attitude, and out I went to the garden to pick the beans. And I'm picking the beans, and I'm griping about everything. And it wasn't like I heard God talk to me, but almost because the thought in my head was so different than anything going on. Mm-hmm. And the thought was, Marnie, is there nothing for which you can be thankful? And it took my, I stopped because it was so different than what was going on in my head. And I was like, yes, I'm sure there must be. And I started mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, well, it's a gorgeous day and I can, I have health enough to do this. And I do love Dave and all this. And as I got down the, uh, the path there, picking the beans, there was one bean plant that was hanging there and on it was his wedding ring. He had lost it in the garden years before. It had grown up out of the ground onto the bean plant and was hanging there. And this was like three days before our 10th anniversary. So, you know, it was so mundane and it was so miserable and God was in it. And he just taught me, you know, whatever it feels like you said, ironing, whatever it feels, just know that God's in it. And you're praying for your husband while you're iron. I mean, there's eternal reward in that. You know, it's, he takes everything. Yeah. You know, I found him one day I picked up, I was very angry actually at my son because he left his wet towel on the floor, which yeah. that kind of bothered me mom. And, and as I picked it up and I was angry about it, God mm-hmm. just showed right up there in that Monday moment with the towel and reminded me, you shouldn't have even been able to carry a child and you have two. So be blessed that you have a, a towel to even clean up after a child. Mm-hmm. And I counted that dirty towel as a blessing because God just showed right up there at that moment. And I realized that he's in those things. And we often just get so busy, we look past him. Yeah. There. He isn't. And I know years ago, too, and I know this happened for you, too, Kim, as that I remember when I was changing diapers and I was like, this is just so mundane. You know, that it's a great word, yeah. mundane. And it's just like, so, you know, what could benefit other than, of course, the kids clean butt, but what but beyond that. But God just showed me that no matter what we do, if we do it with him and for him, to him and through him, it is all for eternal value. Mm-hmm. Even changing a diaper, it doesn't matter what we're doing. It matters who we're doing it with. That's all that matters. Amen. Yeah, yeah. that's it right there. Don't Pinterest Jesus out of, well, the season or anything. Think about that. You can get like in the Christmas season, you can get so wrapped up in the perfect Christmas card, the perfect decorations. And how's your food laid out for maybe a Christmas party? We want everything to be so Pinterest perfect. And I am not picking on Pinterest. I get on Pinterest, but I think that we can get so wrapped up in the details that we Pinterest Jesus out of the things. And that can be applied all year round, all year round. We just need to be careful that we're not trying so hard to have this picture perfect life that we forget that Jesus is there with us and we've got to be including him in everything. And I actually incorporated that into something over the weekend with some young moms. Don't live a picture perfect life. Don't Pinterest them out. It's, it's the Pharisee. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what looking all together all the time. I've got no problems. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I'm so perfect compared to everybody else. (laughs) That's a great way to put that. I like that. Yeah. 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 And, and Jesus, Jesus was perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. But everybody else. And honestly, I love the Bible for this. I love the Bible that it tells everybody's dirty laundry all the way through it. It it doesn't pull a punch. I mean, <laughs> the worse it is, the more it's going to get in there. And and God just loves messed up people. That's, yes, that's who he, he loves. Does. We're all messed up, and he just loves us so much. God is like a pair of comfy sweatpants 
or a warm and fuzzy pair of socks. I live in the Pacific Northwest, and it's freezing cold out here. So I get up every morning, and I I slide into my warm and fuzzy socks, and they're comfy. And that's how I think of God. I think we can approach him because he's comfortable, but we make him hard in our humanness. And he's he's a God of relationship, not religion. He's comfortable, easy to slip into is what I like to say. So I like to curl up with my fuzzy socks and a blanket and just say, God, sit down with me. And I pat on the couch next to me. Sit down with me. That's so cool. I recently heard something and I thought it was really profound and I really am still working through it myself, but maybe you can address it too. As someone was talking and he said, for the longest time, I thought that Jesus was saving me from God. And now I realize that Jesus is saving me from sin. And it's like, Whoa, um, because like what you said, you know, we have this harsh, hard vision of God sometimes that he's so big and he's this, you know, mean, judgmental, angry God. He is able to judge for sure. And he's, he yeah. is the judge. But um, to a child of his, to a believer, someone who's come to him through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, there is so much love and compassion there. And if you think about, I like to put them in the perspective of how I would approach my parents. I love my parents. I respect my parents, but they gently guided me and corrected me when I needed. And that's the way God is. So why can't I run to God like I could run to one of my parents for a hug when I needed something or direction and guidance? And that's God to me. I do think we get that so mixed up that he's some all powerful thing. It's not like he's you know, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, where she's approaching the wizard, this all-powerful right. being that she was scared of and she was timid. No, this is God. We just left him and here I am and here's what's hurting me. And he says, great, come to me. I want to hear this. I want to be with you. I want to hold you. And I had a very, I kind of, the way that you described what that man said, for a while, I think I was actually kind of in that spot. I've never heard it, uh, yeah. heard it like that, but I know I had neither. And yeah. I thought I think sometimes I still, I think sometimes I still get there. Like I'm just a little afraid to just you know really be me. I, I remember years ago, you know, talking to my sister about something. I kept falling into the same sin trap over and over and over again. And I said, and she said, well, just while you're in it, cry out to God. And I thought I can't do that. He's not stupid. I mean. That's kind of disrespectful. I have to get my act together before I talk to him again. She's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He he wants us to come to him in the midst of our struggle, just like you said, like a parent would want their struggling child to come to them. And even, yes, even if the child had done it over and over again, if they're truly in pain or have a need, what parent doesn't want to still have them come? Right. And God is yeah. full of so much mercy and grace that if you don't get it right yeah. the first time, you have to go back yeah. to him. And the third or the fourth time, he just keeps working you through that process until you do. And and then he he just keeps loving you. And, and he looks past it. I think he looks past it when we say, forgive me, we're the ones that keep running back and picking it up. I mean, I wouldn't take my garbage oh, yeah. out to the street, drop it off, and then go back and pick something up from it but why do we do that when we let go of our sin we run back out and we bring it back in and we don't need to be doing that and what jesus said to the disciples you know how many times should i forgive he said seven times seven you know 490 times and so when we're going back to god for our 14th time or whatever or even our 400th time on the same issue this is what jesus said we're supposed to do because that's what god does and he doesn't just stop at 490 i mean he he has forgiveness for us for as long as it takes you know, it's, there's this amazing depth of forgiveness that's available to us. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Well, <laughs> the time always goes so fast. Kim, do you have a favorite uh, Bible verse or a theme verse for life? Wow. It kind of varies so many from time sure. to time. Absolutely. But um, he reached down on from high and drew me out of deep waters. It's mm-hmm. Psalm 18, 16. Mm-hmm. And I kind of land back on that one a lot because I know that he did reach down from high and he drew me out of deep waters. And I watched him mm-hmm. uh, draw family and friends out of deep waters. And then my other one is Exodus uh, 14, 14, to just stand still and God will fight for you. 
Those are my two. I think if I had to pick two. Oh, those are awesome. Really good. And I love, I love them both. And I love to remind myself about the standstill. A lot of times, you know, we're all about doing and God says, you know, just stand and be for a little bit and I'm going to do the doing for you this time. So fantastic. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you guys can learn more about Kim at her website, heartfeltramblings.com or over at womenspeakers.com. Click on Washington State and you'll find her there. Otherwise, you can type her name into the search bar at the top right. Alice Congress from Lincoln, California. Welcome to you, Alice. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Show up and change a life. I learned this in the people who showed up in my life. And I ended up as a young life leader brought me to know Christ. And as me being a youth leader, this is where it really came in because you have teenage teenagers that are just so hesitant to trust in another adult, right? So uh, I had a precious situation where a very hostile girl was just didn't want to be at youth group, probably got made to go by her parents. And the, I could do a little shoulder touch or a tug. And within two months, she, I came in late from work and I went to the youth meeting. She comes running across the room because I showed up, you know, and that's what she needed that day. She needed me there. So you just never know when you show up in someone's life what they're looking for, you know, and it's showing up the way Christ shows up in our life. He's, you know, so it's, you can change a life with sometimes just being there. That's so true. I I remember there was a little girl at our church many years ago. She's an adult now, but they moved to our city and she was about when they moved Haley, Haley Brumley. And whenever she would walk in or whenever you would walk in and she would first see you, whenever she would first see you, she would run to you and say, Oh, I hoped I could see you. And it was just, yes, it's exactly that. And she did it to everybody. It <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when you showed up, when she showed up, it was just that thing. And yes. it's so true that it just doesn't take very much to change a life. It, it no, it, do, it doesn't. It's and, and it may be that you're just that one person right now in their life that they need the most. And, right. and when you make a commitment, do it, you know. It's or maybe even good. the only person in their life that knows yeah. right now. Right. You know? Uh, it's our chance to be God's witness, whatever that may be. And sometimes it's a handshake, a smile, a hug. God is my travel partner. Oh, I could never do it without him. I want him to be my travel partner. I think it's just that we just don't know what life is going to take to us, give to us. Right. And I, I hear a lot more uh, believers who are so without hope. Because they ha- I don't think they haven't realized that God is here along the way with them. You have, you know, we don't know when that journey is going to give us financial problems, big changes in our life. God may be done with me in one spot and moves me to a whole nother job or across the country because that's where we get to go be his ambassador next. So wherever we go is where he exactly wants us to be. And it, and it takes, um, this is one of my topics uh, that I have as a speaker is, understanding how, um, you know, what do you do when there's zero visibility as a good example? Well, Mm. that's when my faith has to be the strongest. So when I look at the travel, it's that this is a journey. Mm. It's not going to stop. Life is going to take you all kinds of turns and roads that you're not expecting. And uh, we get to go on it with God and see where he wants to take us. My brain is just exploding. Floating with go. all the angles, you can go with that analogy. I mean, that's yes, oh yes, yeah. You know, when you said it, I was thinking like travel internationally, but even the everyday yeah. travel, the on glare ice now, that you know, whatever, as it applies to our real right. life, not just in a vehicle. I love that. That is right. so, funny. so true. If I must go through the storm, I want to go through it together with Jesus. I think this becomes my, as my personal journey, we talked about it's, it's also the, the storms that I'm going to have and we're going to have them. Again, I'm surprised when people, especially believers are just like, oh, I need a better, you know, New Year's resolution is I just want things to be simple next year. <laughs> Rather than realizing it's probably not going to be, you know, we are all going to have storms and our storms are very different. The storms can come quick and gone. 
but you can be in a very long, long storm. My mother had Alzheimer's for 10 years. And what my sister went through was tough in her home because that's where she was. But that's, that's the storm that says, I have to have Jesus with me because I'm reminded so often that, okay, you're my Lord, my God. And there was a time in my life that Moses' prayer, you are the Lord, my God, it's all I could say. You know, and then that storm was a longer storm. But it might be that you're just reminded about his love. You know, as we're, as we're, as he's walking with me, he's my faithful God and he's one who loves me. And I got to figure out what he's trying to do with me in this new storm, new area of just knowing his love and that he's going to teach me, he's going to guide me, and I can count on his faithfulness. So when I go through this storm, I want to go through it with, with Jesus right there in the middle of it all. Amen. Amen. Me too. too. And like you said, you know, if you're not in a storm now, just wait a little while, you know. Just wait a little while. Well, you know, and it isn't really pessimistic thinking. It's like saying the weather will always be sunny. Every day for the rest of my life, the weather will be sunny. And it's just not reasonable. I mean, it's not on earth. It's not going to happen that way. Uh, Tides in, tides out. (laughs) Right, right. You know, I went through what I would say was a big trifecta. Three big things hit at once. And I, I had to stop and go. I handled that better than I thought I would because I had had someone come alongside me and really keep me founded in God's word. Yeah. And because of that, when the big storm hit, I, I, was go, I was founded in God. I was, his words were so filling me that I, you know, that's the constant thoughts that were my reminder was being in God's word. And yeah. okay, God, yeah, you're here. Yeah, this sucks. This is tough, you know, but uh, you're here along with you're my partner yeah yeah that is that focus keeping the focus on jesus yeah yeah absolutely absolutely he's my strength like the birds in the morning i can't help but sing it fits me because that's my high energy time so uh, i don't grumble out of bed too often at least (laughs) but i think it's understanding that you know we've we've gone to bed we've let things go we've given it to god and we start fresh in the morning just being reminded that singing is that reminder of jesus's love that is so powerful in my life that i have that ability to sing we talk about joy everybody wants to be happy but the joy when we talk about that it's it's understanding that that's my salvation. Joy comes from my salvation. And that's what this is center that centers me. And so we have uh, that singing because I can count on his love. And I know he is a faithful God that is with me every day. I may be going back to work and facing the same problem as I had yesterday, but I've had a chance to be renewed at night, refreshed and put on my singing in the morning. So I'm thinking about people who say, you know, I'm a hugger. Mm-hmm. And I, you and I would say, I'm a singer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm a hugger too. I'm but, a hugger yeah. too. <laughs> but right. Yeah. No, but I, I do love to sing. Just belt it out. And, uh, you know, yeah. so many people love to sing in the shower, and that's typically in the morning. Yeah. And there's just something about morning that just brings it out. Right. And oh, it does. And I think oh, we forget it comes from our heart too yeah. that. That if I'm burdened, uh, singing isn't what's coming to mind. And so we need to flip around what our heart is focused on rather than our worries and our burdens, but flip it around for what it, what it is for today and not lose that. I lost the singing for several years and it's good to have it back. Yeah. 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 And I know for me too, when I'm in a very dark season, um, the songs don't come as easily. No, not at all. But we we were up before five this morning. I don't know why both of us just got up and we just had (laughs) and we hadn't worked on it together this morning, but those birds started chirping pretty early in the morning and it was just, and I think when we get up singing, I think it really delights God's heart. It so totally does. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. There is no emptiness when in the never-ending, bottomless well of God's love. I found that to be really hit home for me when I made a mistake of doing something I physically couldn't do, and I felt I had to pull from such a bigger strength. I was crazy enough, and I dragged my daughter along that we were going to walk the entire hill top down at Santorini, one of the Greek islands. And it just looked so easy. And I, I had to pull from someplace so deep with me. I'm sure athletes out there understand this. They have to go to that extra. 
And when you stop and look at it from God's, my relationship with God is that it doesn't matter what I do. All my little quirks and everything are mine. I have failures. I have all of that. But my God does not ever stop loving me. No matter what mistake I've made, whatever I've misstepped, I've walked away from my relationship with him at times. And it's like that bottomless love, well of love, is is a wonderful promise to be able to absolutely claim. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. His love never, never ends. So beautiful. And it has been there for me. Yeah. yeah, it's comforting. And like you say, you know, we humanly, we run out of gas. I have oh, yes. yes. I do. If somebody's, you know, testing my patience beyond my patience, yes. thank God, I have no patience left, but you've got some. <laughs> exactly. So, we'll take what we can from him. That's right. Yeah. Just let him flow it through us. And right. Then, uh, the good news is that whatever he flows through, he yeah. has to flow to us first, which is always the benefit yeah. of that. Being open. That's right. Cookie hand grenades are important to take with you camping. <laughs> that is just, I know, that is just a <laughs> reminder to me. I'll probably say it to nobody but me. Uh, cookie hand grenades was a wonderful uh, camping trip. And if you know adventures, you will have something go wrong every camping trip you do. That's just the way it goes. So my cookies, the kids got into the cookie tin and my son was teasing me unmercifully that, mom, these are so hard, we could throw it at somebody and kill them, right? Uh, (laughs) And it's it's just that reminder that I am going to fail. I am going to do some wrong things, stupid things, make some mistakes, little or big. And um, so I, but I need to demonstrate that to my children. And to the people around me is that I'm, because I'm a perfectionist. And you have to be that self-aware of who you are to go, okay, I can also still be laugh at, have fun, and fail. Because I want to teach a message to my children and those around that, and now grandchildren, that God loves us in spite of our little failures. And because like you say, something always does tend to go wrong with your kids. Between weather or whatever. Those are the memories though, aren't they? They are wonderful. so awesome. Prayer is not the least I can do for you, but the most, the best thing I can do for you. Have you ever used that expression, which is the first part of that, is that, well, the least I can do, well, at least I can pray for you. And, and I caught myself one day driving home, telling someone that on the phone uh, and said, wait a minute, why, why do you mean that's the least I can do for you? That should be the best I can do for you. Can I have that privilege of praying for you? And tell me specifically what I need to be praying for. And obviously do it, but it is the most we can do. I think when you're dealing with either someone long distance and you want to support them or, or your teenagers who are kind of putting their roadblocks up for mom, you know, that doesn't stop me from taking care of my kids and witnessing to them because I'm going to be a mom of prayer or a family or wife of prayer. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it is the most and the best. I remember writing in the margin of my Bible one time that prayer is action. So, you know, sometimes we feel like we, we just are so compelled to take action, but yet, yeah. like you say, we're long distance or we don't have money right this minute to invest or whatever it is. Right. And we think, well, then at least I can pray. But the reality is that prayer is the right. most amazing action we have available to us. And the only time that it's ever put down in the Bible is if somebody uses it as an excuse not to do what they should physically. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I would agree. Yeah. God bless you. You know, God provide for you. I'm not going to give you anything when they should. You know, that's right, not right. okay. But every other time, prayer is like yeah. the most awesome thing we can do for someone. I love that. To just well, stop and pray right there. <laughs> right there, exactly. Right. And one of the things Jan Johnson taught me from her book, Experiencing the Presence of God. Um, it might not be that quite title, but it's something like that. Living in the presence of God. But she just said to think of mm-hmm. one of her chapter titles was to think of you is to pray for you. Oh, my goodness. What yeah. joy to just, you know, hear a siren, pray for the people being affected. Oh, you know, I just did that a, the other day. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just a yeah. practice of prayer where you're just walking in it. And it's such a delight to be able to give all these things yeah. to this great big God who's actually able to do something about it. Alice, thank you so much for being you're here. You're welcome. <laughs> thank okay. you so much.
You bet. And you guys can learn more about Alice at womenspeakers.com. Go click California and she'll come up there. Or if you want to just type in her name, Alice Pongras. And that's also the name of her website, alicepongras.com. Next up is Kelly Sigliano of Florida, author of Praying for Murder, Receiving Mercy. I loved your book. I just, it changed. It changed how I felt or um, maybe judged, <laughs> the better word for it. Um, young women who were in dire straits. And I really, as I read through your book and heard your heart and just understood the journey that God took you on, the pit <laughs> of, of such harsh circumstances and despair, um, it really changed how I understand and perceive what's going on in another person's life. It permanently changed me. Thank you. Good. Good. I know. It is good. <laughs> it was really important that that happened. Everyone has a story only they can tell. Whether you're speaking or writing, your story is unique to you. And people will benefit from hearing your story, from your testimony. They say your test is your testimony, your mess mm -hmm. is your message. It's mm -hmm. true. And it's yours. It's your exclusive. People need to hear it. And only you can tell it. Right. Right. You yeah. know, and we all kind of want to hide hide that part it's true it's true for years I felt like my past was just a string of embarrassing mistakes to be kept hidden but then God showed me that others could benefit if I shared that wasn't an easy thing to do either and and, and like like you had said previously you have to be uh, careful with whom you share but though the Lord will show you the Holy Spirit will guide you well, right. And and I always do, like for authors or speakers, I always say, make sure it's a scar before you start sharing. Don't share when it's still an open wound. Like share, yes, with your people that are close to you and trustworthy, but not like just generally in the public. It's just not the right time. I agree. I agree. And you know, you can always tell too, because if somebody is sharing their story and they seem maybe a little overly bitter or unforgiving, it's still too raw. Or easily hurt. And honestly, when you put stuff out there, you're going to have critics no matter how well you do it, no matter how forgiven you are, no matter how you oh, yeah. that anymore, people are going to criticize. And if yeah. you're raw, it just is too much. And really, God doesn't usually call us to that. He usually calls us to being healed, getting that scar tissue nice and thick, and then <laughs> going out and sharing the message. So that's good point. You know, yeah. yeah. It's why we, it's why, it's why we love the Bible because we don't have to walk through it with everybody. We get yeah. to just hear it from the other side. <laughs> right. Hold nothing back because Satan loves the secret. He would love to keep us in darkness and disgrace and paralyze us from sharing the good news of, of, of God and his redemptive love and, and, and the healing power and his forgiveness. But by sharing our experiences with people who need to hear it, we basically remove the enemy's power, that power that keeps us in shame. We remove it. So that's why I say hold nothing back. Mine is um, everything in the light so Satan has nothing to use against you in the dark. It's kind of the same concept, you know. We, like we said earlier, we don't really want to bring these thin things out we just were so tempted to keep them just hidden and uh the only way to get healing is to is to let you know confess our sins one to another churches have a lot of programs that can help us through our our past wounds like there's abortion healing and then there's divorce recovery there are a lot of uh, tools out there if we'll just take advantage of them nothing feels as good as obedience to god where did you learn that? Through experience, unfortunately. Um, I know that, you know, there's a season for everything. And, and maybe when you're a young mom with little babies at home and you feel a call to the mission field, maybe that's not the time. But a calling is still a calling. And I don't, I don't personally believe God's going to remove that. So you just have to do it. And, you know, there is nothing that feels as good as obedience to God because you may hide for a while and that feels comfortable and safe and, and maybe good. But when you obey God, that's a feeling that can't be rivaled. Yeah. I sometimes take songs like love songs or whatever, and I rewrite them to either be from me to God or oftentimes from God to me. 
and there's a song called Hard to Handle. It's an old song. And in it, um, there's a, as I rewrote it, I rewrote it to be, other gods pursue you by the dozen, but that ain't nothing but 10 cent loving. And I just love that concept of these other gods are out there. And yeah, they promise all this, you know, stuff. And they even deliver short-term relief, right? Um, a lot of times it can give us a little distraction for a moment or a little joy or a little happiness in the moment. But long-term, yeah. And even, you know, just this obedience to God thing, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's easy in the areas where it's easy. And then it's tough in the areas where it's tough. But it's true that there is nothing that compares with being obedient to God. No one benefits when we wear masks. People can spot a phony a mile away. And when we are pretending that we're perfect, let's just stop pretending we're perfect. Because nobody, nobody benefits from that. And when people see somebody who says that they're perfect, it, it, obviously you're not. It ruins your testimony. So you're gonna, people are going to run the other way. You want them to run to God, not from God. And, and I think we play a big part in that by how we present ourselves. It's easy to share the goodness of God when you're simply sharing your own experience. I used to try sales when I was a younger woman. I, try, I was miserable at sales from vitamins to Christmas items to weight loss programs. I failed at everything. But the one thing that I'm really comfortable talking about and sharing with people is Jesus the love of Jesus Christ. And you people can't argue with your experience. Even if you're talking to someone who doesn't necessarily believe in God, they can't argue with your experience, right? right? It's something that happened to you. So that's, I think that's a powerful, powerful tool. Yeah. And that's really, when you think about testimony, you know, our testimony, if you think about a court of law, that's all it is. It's just, you're asking, you're answering the questions that are put to you. And if you think of the word in, in, used in a court of law, then you can't just go rambling on forever about anything you want to talk about. They're going to keep you really structured and right in there. Answer my questions. You can only answer my questions. And it's such a beautiful, um, simple. I mean, it's like not always that way, but usually that's how our testimonies are supposed. We're answering the question the person is asking us. And like you say, there's nothing as simple as just sharing our own personal experience. I mean, it's just so true. I love that. It's a great quote and it's a great perspective of evangelism. And again, there are programs that can help you with that, like Evangelism <laughs> Explosion, oh, right? Wonderful. Love yeah. that. Yeah, we, in fact, that was one of the first things Dave and I did together when we were still single is go through LEO, Lay Evangelism Outreach or Evangelism Explosion together. Wow, okay. fantastic training if you don't know how to share your faith. But, you know, I was thinking about the testimony too and sharing our faith and a lot of people get hung up like on the results of that. Well, what if nobody, you know, what if they don't accept Christ or whatever? But if you think back into a courtroom again, using that same analogy, it isn't the responsibility of the person giving the testimony on the stand what the jury decides. It's up to the jury to decide. The right. person just honestly, honestly, with their hand on the Bible, swearing honestly, just tells their own experience or what they saw, what they what they know for a fact. And that's all we're supposed to do. It is not our responsibility what the person chooses to do with the information. That's between them and God. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of relief. Actually, that's that's really great. Don't die in disobedience. This last spring, a nurse carelessly implied that I had a disease that would take my life within a year. And one of my biggest fears was dying in disobedience. Because 20 years ago, God told me to write my story down, to write a book, to write a memoir. And I had been putting it off and putting it off. For the first 10 years of writing, it was just cathartic, you know. And then 10 years of editing. And frankly, I was hiding behind editing. And I just, thankfully, that nurse was wrong, okay. Thankfully, she was wrong. But it got me out of my fearful and lazy position. I got very comfortable hiding behind the edits. And I finally published my book. And there again, nothing feels as good as obeying God. I had such relief. I can't believe the relief I have since I published that book. Don't die in disobedience. Listen to him. Do what he says. It's kind of a funny quote in that it's like, well, we don't know when we're going to die. You know, so, 
But your story is amazing how that misdiagnosis was a prompt to you to be like, I've got to get this done, you know? So just, I wonder, you know, right now, as we're listening and thinking about this, what is it that's on my heart? What's on your heart, listener, that is God's just been saying, you got to do this. And what are we putting off? What are we waiting for? Don't die in disobedience. Yeah. Don't even live in disobedience, right? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Your past might be the guide to someone else's heavenly future. Your book is certainly a testimony of this, where without your past, you simply couldn't, uh, obviously, couldn't have written your book. I realized this when years and years ago in the 80s, I was standing in a church foyer <clears throat> talking to a, a very distraught mom whose teenage daughter was, oh, she was suicidal. She was threatening to run away. And I told her just a tiny bit about my troubled teen years. And the contact lens literally popped out of her eye. I think that was a good thing. And she thanked me for giving, she, giving her and her husband hope for their daughter. And that's when I realized that um, my story might be the answer to some people's problems. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's so biblical and it's so true. All of us know that when someone comes alongside of us during a difficult time that we're going through and actually has been through a similar time, their empathy for us is exponentially greater than someone who's never been through it. Well, or even worse, like someone like me who's never even understood or thought about it and just had judgmental feelings toward the people going through it, you know, like what you had gone through. You know, I, I just, I'm so grateful for your willingness to walk that out, to let your story be used by God to provide a heavenly outcome for someone else's life. So beautiful. Right. Right. Well, it's his story in my yeah. life. This is, this is not the Kelly show. This is not why I'm on the planet. We're, we're here on the planet to spread, to spread his good news, his forgiveness, and to bring others to him, right? Isn't that the whole reason why we're here? Yeah, right. Give him glory. Yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't need us. He just chooses to use us if we're willing. Right. We have to remember that, especially as speakers, we have to remember that we're just the donkey he rode in on. It's not about us. Yeah, I love that. We're the doctor you wrote it on. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you, my dear. Um, you guys, if you want to learn more about Kelly, you can go to her website, kellystigliano.com. Otherwise, over at womenspeakers.com. Just click on Florida there or type in her name, and she will come up, Orange Park, Florida. And so it's so wonderful to have you. Thanks, Kelly, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jean Abbott. Welcome to you, Jean. Oh, thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be a part of this today. Be positive. Be strong. Be you. God has given us so many blessings each and every day. And with life being so hectic, it's easy to get caught up in those stressful moments. But it's important that we focus on all the blessings he has given us. And then be strong. We have to trust God with what he's giving us because he does have a plan for each and every one of us. So, you know, being strong and trusting in what he's saying. And then of course, being you, I truly believe that God has made each and every one of us um, unique and we need to embrace the gifts that he has given us. Um, and so we can go out and be just who he has intended us to be. My famous saying is when God strung together your 3 billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way. Yes. And you're the only you. You're the only you the mm -hmm. world will ever know. And yes. it is critically important that you are, walk out fully um, into what God has called you to be. And we're going to share a little bit more of your life story in just a minute, um, how God has <laughs> taken you through some stuff. And your story is so amazing. And I know you said that it's been shared on a lot of uh, venues, today's show, and different things like that because of the profound impact of it. And I always say with a tough story that it's terrible to live, but the story is great afterwards. <laughs> yes, it was. It was very challenging. But again, it was, I just feel so strongly that this is what God's plan was for me Absolutely. all along. So the unique yeah. you, the unique you path that he put you on so that you could be his emissary now, his ambassador and his messenger now. When we face our fears, we discover our passion. 
I am not good with change. That is the truth about me. But I find that so many times God gives us opportunities and oftentimes they seem so scary. But in trying those new things, like for me, public speaking, I was always petrified to get up in front of a group of people. But after receiving my correct diagnosis and this life change, people were asking me to get up and share my story with others. And I eagerly said yes. And then I was thinking, what did I get myself into? But as soon as I got on the stage and I was able to share my story with others and give people hope and seeing the impact I could make um, on the world and in people's lives, I discovered that I actually love public speaking. And if I wouldn't have faced that fear, I would have never discovered my passion. And, you know, sometimes we'll find things that we face our fears and we're like, yeah, I don't really like it, but that's okay. But if you don't try, how will you ever know? How will you ever know? So I think it's really important. We face our fears. We discover our passions. That's great. Mm -hmm. And this last one, I want to dive into it a little bit deeper with your story. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. It's such a short two words quote, but believing it with your whole heart changes everything. So give us some of your story. So I went 33 years thinking that I had a form of cerebral palsy. So I had really tight spastic muscles that uh, made everyday challenges difficult, you know, from holding a pencil to do my homework at night to being able to walk. By the time I was 18, I was using a mobility scooter. Now I had really accepted God's plan for me. And I just thought it was so I could show the world that you can be positive and happy despite whatever challenges you're facing, because we all face challenges at some point or the other. Um, So I had accepted that and I had embraced it, but I never in a million years expected that I would receive a new diagnosis with new medication. And the crazy thing is, is I, I got, I received my new diagnosis of DOPA responsive dystonia on Good Friday started taking that medication on Good Friday. And on Easter Sunday, I was standing for the first time independently in about a decade. Wow. And um, I've never experienced such a connection with Jesus as I did in that moment, standing outside in the church parking lot for the first, you know, it was just amazing. And, you know, it's so cliche that they say, you you never know what tomorrow will bring. But it's true. I mean, I didn't expect that this is what I would be doing. You know, Um, God blessed me in such an amazing way. And I truly, um, I mean, miracles can happen, which is why it's so critical that we not ever give up hope and do everything that we can to keep a positive attitude during those challenging situations. Yeah. Did you, did you experience after your, I'm going to call it a healing because even though technically like it wasn't, but it kind of, I'm sure felt kind of like it was, you know, Um, after, after you experienced this re-diagnosis and you were able to walk, you were able to do these things that you couldn't do for basically, you know, your whole life. Um, Did you experience any time period where you felt like you were angry at God? Like, why did you wait so long or anything like that? No, I, you know, that's the funny thing. I never once felt angry or bitter. And I think part of that is because, like I said, I had accepted the life that God had given me because God doesn't make mistakes. Like I said, he creates that each of us is unique um, so we can do specific things in our life. Um, And I just, I wasn't angry or bitter because I never expected to be able to do those things. So when I received that correct diagnosis, you know, my husband and I just saw everything as a gift. All these things that I was now able to do were a gift. And if I spent my time bitter and angry, which everyone would understood if I was bitter and angry, but if I spent that time focusing on everything I missed out on in life, that I really wouldn't be able to take the time to appreciate all the gifts that God has given me every single day. And so Mm. that's kind of the the attitude I took towards it. So, Mm. and I find that going 33 years uh, misdiagnosed, it gave me you know, the media was then interested in hearing my story. Right. And had I not gone that long misdiagnosed, I mean, we've, I've been able to help give over 20 people a correct diagnosis and change their lives. And that is a gift that I really feel God has given me. Um, I mean, it's an amazing feeling to be able to help people in such a profound way. And Mm -hmm. it's God, it's, it's all God, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
so cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. One of the things that I've been thinking about, it's a phrase that I adopted, and then it, it's one of the aha moments from one of the other uh, people I've interviewed recently, and I've been trying to incubate it. So it's faith is looking at a problem as if it wasn't a problem. (laughs) And I actually really love that. And I was kind of, you know, incubating it. It's like, okay, it's not like the kind of looking at the problem as if it doesn't exist because it does exist, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's that looking at the problem where I say, I see the problem. I see God. I choose God. I give the problem to God. And then I say, what do you want me to do? You know, because now God has a big problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? God has a big problem. It is a problem, but it isn't all the, you know, the weight of that whole thing isn't on my shoulders. Maybe respond to this a moment. Well, so it kind of makes me think of two things that I share quite often in my presentations. Um, One, I think when we go through challenging situations, and like I said, we all have challenging situations. No one gets off scot-free. I often think that during those really stressful times that we're going through that it's actually preparing us for something much bigger. And, and I think things always just turn out just as they're supposed to be. Um, but then the other thing is, um, you know, you saying, you know, being stressed out and it's easy to kind of um, think about what's not going right in this situation. So I say when you're in a really stressful situation, really take time and stop and think about, what is going right in the situation? Like you might be dealing with a really challenging time, but are, do you have, are your support systems stepping in and helping you and supporting you, you know, people from your church or your neighbors or your friends, because then to be able to stop and focus on, wow, I have a lot of gifts, even though I'm going through this challenging situation, like we have to stop and focus on the positive instead of the negative, And it'll make it so much easier to get through that challenging time. And then of course, you know, talking to God about it, you know, and, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Yeah. I love it. Well, I love you. I love your ministry. I love what God has done and is doing through your life. Thank you for just love to so many. And you guys want to be sure to check out Jean's ministry. You can find her over at womenspeakers.com or at jeanabbott.com. And she has a wonderful book out about this called Misdiagnosed that you can learn more about at her website or at Amazon or wherever. So Jean, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much, Marnie. You've been listening to Perspective Transformation with your host, Marnie Sledberg. I hope you have a wonderful week. See you next time. Bye-bye.